Hey there folks, Dude 2 Joe here on Two Dudes One Double Feature. Just wanted to make note of the actor Jang Zee. Um, we messed up her name in the episode, so we apologize about that. Um, anyway, this show's not intended for younger audiences. If you're under the age of 18, please don't listen. And the opinions expressed here uh, do not reflect the views of anyone else. They're just Richard and I's. This is just our opinions. Anyway, here's Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. And today we have an exciting uh, tribute to an actor we love dearly, but before we get into that double feature, I must ask, as always, Dude Two, how are you? Yeah, I'm fine. You know, um, watching movies, uh, here and there, um, what did I watch in theaters? I saw The Beast with Idris Elba. Mm-hmm. That's, I, I've, I've been wanting to see that one. It's, it's fun. It's actually, it was actually a lot better than I was thinking it was going to be. Um, didn't do so hot at the box office, but, um, you know, if you catch it or rent it, you know, I, I definitely recommend it if you're like. As like a rental or like a like a matinee kind of thing, you know. It's a it's a fun uh, it's a fun kind of premise, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, it's Lions and Idris Elba. You can't really beat that. No, I mean it's uh, it's just about everything you want in a movie. Um, and I'm trying to think of anything else I've watched recently. I watched um, Mad God from Phil Tippett. Phil Tippett being a special effects legend. And this was like his his dream project. He he directed this thing, did a lot of the animation, wrote it, you know, all, whatever. It's kind of wild. Uh, mm. This thing's on Shutter and AMC Plus. Uh, it is not for the uh, for any the easily squeamish. I would say it is uh, it is quite gross, but in a way that is very artistic, and it looks it looks fantastic. Um, you know, just to think of other things that I've seen recently. There's a TV show I watched recently. Uh, there's a couple TV shows we, I know you and I have watched recently. I don't know if you wanted to talk about them once we get, you know. But other than that, I've been okay. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds fun. Yeah. How are you? Oh, I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, oh, you were going to ask me? Oh, that's cool. <laughs> you just seem out of it, too, by the way. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> like, like we started the call, and I was like, I was finished watching uh, the first movie we're doing. <laughs> and I just noticed Joey's just like, like, he's doing something, but he's also like, blank stared a little bit which isn't like something i'm not used to because like you know he he does that sometimes but he seemed especially like kind of low energy so i was a little bit nervous so but i'm glad you're i'm glad you're here either way 
<laughs> I'm glad I'm here too. <laughs> but now that you ask, yeah, no, I'm doing fine. <laughs> good. It's just good, funny. good, I'm good. Um, no, the, this this week, uh, I've spent you know just time away from work because it was my birthday on Tuesday. Thirty-two. It's weird, but this was. I do feel like this birthday was better than last year's. Last year, um, I talked about it on the show. It just wasn't like I don't know. I didn't. It wasn't great. You know, it's mm. like I've never really been someone that always care. Like it is, and I think you reflect this too. It's just like it's that weird feeling of like an over amount of gratitude just because you were born. Hmm. You know, like, you know, everyone, or not graduate, like, just like, oh my god, you know, you know, you're great, you know, have a birthday, you know, you're so cool, and it's like, thank you. <laughs> like, it's a little bit uncomfortable, but then, when it feels like no one really cares, then it's just like, I was born today. <laughs> Isn't that cool? Yeah, it's it's kind of like, meet me halfway, um, halfway here, folks, come on. Like, listen, I know I'm, I know I'm a certain way, but hey, <laughs> it's still nice. It's nice to be loved and nice to be needed. Um, For sure. But no, this year was a lot better. Um, uh, I took like a lot of my like main days off of work. And so I've been home from Saturday to today. Today's the last day before I go back to work. Um, uh, Saturday... We uh, had food, and I had a cheesecake instead of a regular cake, because I wanted a cheesecake. And uh, we just kind of chilled out and had some had some fun. And then I got uh, some gift cards and some uh, cash to use on a potential, well, not potential, um, uh, future in a month, I think, actually, trip that's <laughs> going on. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, and then uh, I used the gift card to get some movies, and I got, uh, I got uh, the Shout Factory Child's Play uh, movies. I had the first one, but I got this the second and third, and then I also got the Witch, which uh, that movie that movie is just like it it, it stays. <laughs> yeah, yes. it, it, it it will not. It will not leave. Like I, I will always think about the bird breastfeeding scene, which is gnarly. In it's mm-hmm. weird. Like wow. Or I'll I'll always think of like uh, the whole the whole baby bit at the beginning of the movie. That that's just unnerving as well. Um, but the movie is very good. Ultimately, yep, sure. <sighs> and then Tuesday. I went with my family, my mom and my dad, to uh, Crocker Park, which is in Westlake, which is a suburb of Cleveland. Um, and uh, I always say, oh, that's the hometown of the Paul brothers. <laughs> Such a great legacy, right? Jesus. Um, but no, it is a nice area. It's just unfortunate that some of the people there suck. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> people from there suck. Not everybody. I'm sure there's some great people there, um, but Crocker Park specifically is kind of like a like a ritzy sort of expensive out outdoor mall kind of thing. 
Um, right. I last time I was there, I went with my friend Eric, who you met, um, to see King of the Monsters and IMAX. And it's because it's the only place that I know of that has IMAX near me. And uh, before that, my I was surprised uh, with a new phone, which I'm currently using. Uh, and I've and I noticed that the picture is actually wider for me. Can you see more of me actually than normal? I don't think so. I just always felt like it was like closer. I don't know, but maybe. Maybe you see. I feel like I definitely see more of the microphone that I'm used to because I always ever see like from here up, like right at the middle midpoint of the the microphone, which is interesting. But it's a lot of fun. I do like the phone. the 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 craziest part is that it has all the stuff that I that I was hoping to get on my television <laughs> when I got my 4K because it's got an OLED screen. It has it can, it's it's compatible with Dolby Vision, so. Uh, and it's got really good audio, so like, if I wanted to watch the Batman and have the best experience, it's actually on my phone. <laughs> 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 like, it looks really like I was watching um, the car chase scene, and it, I was like, "Wow, this looks so good." <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like not that it doesn't look good on the TV, but like on the phone, wow. And I can doubt now. I'm gonna download it onto my phone and probably watch it um, on the flight. Uh, a month from now, <laughs> so right. Um, but no, I, it got, it got it's it is very exciting, and uh, you know all the little features are really cool. Um, and plus, it's just nice because my old phone, like it, it's reliable and it's it was it's done a lot for me. But uh, the speakers were damaged from water, and the uh, the home button was cracked, so I so I can never use it. So I always had a digital one, so. The upgrade is welcome, regardless of what phone I got. But I, I, they were nice enough to surprise me with like the nicest phone, and it's the green, and it's the color green, which was which is cool. I don't, I've never had a green phone. I've always had like gray or white or black, so I like having something a little bit more colorful. Uh, but yeah, it's you know, it's about it. You know, I had I had fun, and it, it's it's sort of weird because like I've had a lot of fun. Like, I had a lot of fun Tuesday and, you know, going to Crocker Park and I got food and I got some comics that I've been wanting to read. Um, uh, but also, I, it, it's, I still feel kind of weird for some reason. I don't know why. It's sort of like a weird kind of thing. I don't know. But at least I know I'm, I had some fun and I was having a good time uh, this week. So I am excited to talk about uh, this week because I, I am a huge fan of the the actor we're showcasing, as I know you are, uh, Joey. Who are we talking about this week? This week, uh, we decided to dedicate an entire episode, uh, an entire episode to Michelle Yeoh. Um, Dr. Michelle Yeoh. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, I guess. You've probably heard the name. Um, I mean, she's, a, uh, she's from Malaysia. I think we should... Um, make note of that um what was the other thing i just found amusing uh she was miss malaysia 1983 mm-hmm. i did see that i it, it makes it makes sense i mean she could be miss malaysia 2022 for all for dr I, malaysia know. man dr <laughs> malaysia <laughs> um no but she's been in a ton of um a ton of things um oh, yeah. you know she was in you, if you're a James Bond fan, hi Ken. 
Um, <laughs> you know her uh, from Tomorrow, uh, Tomorrow Never Dies, you know. Um, there's also um, the Jackie Chan film Police Story 3, also known as Super Cop, which I watched that for the first time not that long ago. Fantastic. She's fantastic in it. She's amazing. Riding a motorcycle on a train. Great stuff. That's just a good time. That's just a good time. Um, also, we've talked about her in the past on this show before. Last week, she was in Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was also in my favorite Marvel movie, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, in a small a small part, but it was fun, you know. It was, it was nice to see her. Like, holy shit. Yes. Yeah. So... And also, just on in the world of television, she's on uh, Star Trek Discovery, so you know she's getting TV, TV stuff as well. She's an international superstar. And she's an icon, man. She's just an and Crazy Rich Asians. She was in that too. Yeah, so that's that's a. I still have not seen it. Crazy Rich Asians. Neither have I. Mm-hmm. But I know a lot of people that genuinely love Crazy Rich Asians. the The first film, um, the first film that we're going to talk about this week, um is over 20 is over 20 years old now which is weird to say it's from the year 2000 uh from the year 2000 and uh this is the wisha um film directed by uh ang lee this is crouching tiger hidden dragon oh yeah yes oh yeah yeah, that's all i got oh yeah you know so the the faithful i'm sure have wishes come true i think it's the line I'm, i me- I messed up i don't know what the, i don't forgot what the line was <laughs> it's okay <laughs> it, you got your food <laughs> this is just so awkward this is on one hand it's awkward because joey's tired it's also awkward because i didn't think it was coming this soon but i'm here it's okay all right so let me um get into this so this is actually based on a book isn't this um, the fourth this, book? The fourth book um, in a series. It is the Iron, uh, the Crane Iron Pentology from Wang Dulu, and it's actually from the forties. This book is a serialized, uh, serialized novel. Okay, um, so I, I, it, it's so funny because everybody thinks about it's a famous movie, um, you know, but I. Until recent, like until I watched like Patrick Willem's video, I don't think I ever knew this was ever part of something. Like this was part of something else. Mm-hmm. Though I think this this movie was sort of just made as its own thing. It you know, it's of, not like other. You yeah. know what it makes me think of a little bit, and I think Patrick Willem mm. said something similar. It makes me think of a New Hope. Yeah, because like. You know, we come into that story, and you know, we're introduced to this person who's got who's very talented in in like specific gifts. And then you have the kind of old guy who's been a hero and is kind of like, you know, he wants a little bit of, he wants some chill time, he wants to relax and, um, you know, maybe, maybe start something up with a certain lady he's got a thing for, but, you know, shit ensues and unfortunately, you know, peace is not as easy to achieve. Yeah. No. No, but yeah, like... You know, you're able to like. I I didn't feel like I was missing any information watching this movie. Not really, because like, like you know, like the characters are are, are pretty well defined. Um, but just to 
just to give a your summary was good that you gave. I'm going to give a slightly cleaner one from IMDb. Um, yeah, mine was very like Chinese, generalized. Is generalized. Uh, a young Chinese warrior steals a sword from a famed swordsman and then escapes into a world of romantic adventure with a mysterious man in the frontier of the nation. The nation being somewhere in China. Again, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry to Michelle Yao as well. I'm eating while we're talking about you. <laughs> no, but um, but basic the basic thing is like you know Michelle Yo um, uh, Michelle Yo in this movie uh plays you uh you uh Yu Shu Lian, mm-hmm. and you know she she's a pretty respected uh she's a respected lady, and um, you know she sort of has a thing. It's a mutual thing uh for Li Mu Bai played by uh, Two Dudes uh, veteran, Chow Young-Fat. Listen, if <laughs> you're in a Pirates movie and you're one of the best parts of that Pirates movie, you will always be in our hearts. Exactly. Um, but <laughs> he is like a legendary le- legendary warrior, you know, really famous, also famous for, for ha- having that, the sword, the, uh, the green, mm-hmm. uh, green destiny, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, but the thing is, you know, they both love each other very much. Oh, for but, sure. Yeah. The, like, you know, like it's like, was like the the tension is there when you see them on screen too. Like they're like, just kiss. You know you want kiss. to just kiss. But the prop the problem is, um, uh, Lee Mubai's buddy was engaged um, uh, to um, you, uh, she, Lian. Sorry, again, I'm just like <laughs> you're just doing. Uh, you're doing your best, man. I'm I'm rooting. I'm for doing. You. I'm doing. I'm doing my best, but uh, Michelle Yeoh's character was engaged to uh, Chow Young Fat's uh, buddy. Is his name at one point Mang? I think. I think they said in the movie. I don't. I Meng don't remember. Zhao, so I something. Something. Yeah, that's okay. But 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 that guy's dead, and they feel kind of awkward if they were to pursue, you know, anything. So they never have. Um, and you know, at some point, um. You know, he he wants to get have like um, another mutual friend of theirs, uh, Sir Tay, sort of like hold hold on to the uh, Green Destiny, but it's stolen, <laughs> and it's stolen by a mysterious figure. Though, like Michelle Yeoh's character Shulin, we can we could figure it out who it was. It um, we learned that it was uh, Gen Yu, the gover- the governor's kid, and. She wanted to steal it because she has this goal in her life because she's she's in a she's being forced to marry someone, which is you know pretty typical in this time period. Um, and she doesn't want that. She wants to live a free, exciting life. Um, she she sort of idolizes Shulin for being, in her eyes, a representation of that. Though in many respects, Shulin thinks, no, I've, I've never felt that way you know especially because of the connection she has with Lee Mubai she's basically like I'm just gonna you know go for it and uh she steals the green destiny and um it turns out she's actually working with a known criminal named Jade Fox Mm -hmm. and Jade Fox um uh, is sort of like uh, I guess it, going with that Star Wars comparison. I guess like the Darth Vader kind of yeah, kind of, like yeah. You she, know. she she's sort of an 
she she's an adversary of uh, Lee Mubai, so it's kind of like think about like uh, an Obi Wan Vader kind of thing, where it's like a villain with a backstory type of deal. You yeah, know there's past history that uh, between these characters, and so she uh, she's sort of like teaching Gen Yu about you know the oh sorry hair got in my mouth. <laughs> i'm just like we're both just like f- just on different like weirdness right now so i apologize <laughs> it, it, it's all it's all good but um you know so like they're they're like she's training um yes uh, yes she's 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 training uh jen but jen also also can read so <laughs> she can um because because of her status she can read so she she's able to you know figure out techniques and stuff and she's a really amazing fighter by the way it needs to be said like she kicks all kinds of ass all um all kinds of ass um in this movie <laughs> um i also i just wanted to uh bring up to um uh the actress who plays uh Jen Yu is uh zhang zizi uh she has been on our show before in godzilla king of the monsters oh yeah she she and she's such a cool character yes in, in that one yes um but in this one, I, I would almost say she really is, like, the main character, where basically, you know, she's trying to, you know, have freedom, basically, and trying to be, be her own person, um, you know, and, like, which is great, which is a, a, such a great contrast with um, Li Mubai and Shu, uh, uh, Shu Lien's characters, because they're very, like... Like they're ho- when they're holding hands, it's like it's like such a like <gasps> moment. Like, oh my you god! Know? That's how like they were how much they repress their feelings, <laughs> you know. Whereas she is like <laughs> she's with like a low uh, dark cloud in like the wilderness, and they're like you know <laughs> they're just they're just young lovers just having a good time, and then you got these two that have sort of repressed their feelings that are kind of tired of the fight a little bit and they're like you touched my hand <laughs> and then put it on your face <sighs> yeah it's it's so it's a lot to take in <laughs> it is like, it is a lot to take in it's it's as overwhelming as it is for for those characters is for us as it is for those characters yes it is but um this, um, I mean, I think that's a lot of the, like, the story, you know, is, is about, I think, like, your, like, how, like, repressing your feelings, repressing your, like, like, your own freedom, um, you know, that's, that type of deal. Um, I also, I, again, I have to, we have to mention, um, the ca- low Dark Cloud, played by, uh, Chang Chen, Chang Chan. Um, also a returning and- on our show. Yes, he was in Dune as Doctor Yue, and uh, he sort of uh, becomes like the the love interest uh, for Jen. Um, you know, he's sort of like a bandit uh, bandit type. And then she he uh, he steals her comb, and then she like goes absolutely crazy. Like, yes, give me my comb back. Like, yes. On one hand, you think it's a comb, but it's like it's also important. So she's like she's hopping on horseback. She's shooting arrows at him. Yeah, and it's like holy shit. This like this comb is important. So, like, she'll do anything to try to get it back. And then uh, she ends up uh, 
getting into a fight with him. This is all in like flashback, by the way, because they had mm-hmm. to kind of jump yes. back and kind of explain the story. And so they're into a fight, and then they they both get like winded, basically. And uh, so he's trying to like nurse her back to health. Um, uh, but there's still conflict, obviously. And so she tries to run away, but then she passes out. Then he tries to nurse her back to health again, but this time restrains her. And, um, they, uh, eventually like sort of grow fondness for each other. They fall in love. Um, and he wants her to stay out in the desert with him and live a free life. And she clearly wants that as well, but obviously she has to go back. So she ends up going back. With the promise, hey, yes. when we're both free, come find me. Bring me my comb back. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. And and so he finally does that. And she... I mean, there's a lot going on with her right now. So, there's so, a lot. Yes. Yeah, there's a lot. Like, um, there's the stuff with Jade Fox. There's now stuff with Lee Mubai. And obviously, just this whole goal that she has, and then this added factor of, oh, the love of my life has returned. <laughs> yes. So, she initially kind of throws, pushes him away a little bit, because she doesn't think that she can, she can get that. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's, like you said, there's a lot going on, and <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's all very emotional. For a two-hour movie, by the way, too, like, when I, before I ever saw this movie, I expected it to be, like, a three-hour movie. Just because mm-hmm. of, like, it seems like such an epic, like, story. And it, it does feel epic. It is gorgeous. A gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous-looking movie. Production design is is top-notch. Location shooting is great. Um, cinematography done by Peter Powell, who won an Oscar, deservedly so, mm-hmm. for cinematography. Um, beautifully shot film. And of course, Ang Lee, just one of our great directors, um, is period. How many um, of his movies you know, have you seen? I've only seen two. Uh, I've seen at least I've seen th- at least three. Wait, well, because this Life of Pi, Brokeback, Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I actually have not rewatched his Hulk movie in a while, and I'm actually kind of curious to see how I feel about it now. Yeah, me too. Me too, but uh, I definitely want to watch. Um, I want to get Life of Pi on the show at some point because that's um, it's a, that's an incredible looking movie um, at the very least. But um, all these things, I got to talk about the music by uh, Tan Dunn, uh, the original score, and there's some cello moments, uh, cello solo moments by uh, Yo Yo Ma. Oh yeah, which is pretty cool. Uh, really, like that when you hear those strings and you're just like, ooh. It just hits you, man. It's it really uh, is the emotional punch of that of that score, honestly. Like, there's a lot of great musical moments, like especially anytime like a fight scene ensues. I love the, the yes. music, um, but whenever you hear those those cellos, mm. yes. Um, I also obviously I think listen, like there's a lot of great emotional stuff we talked about, like the story, but really the the really big reason to see this the fight scenes we're, we're just we just brought up um mm. like let me just um the choreo uh the choreographer the action choreographer uh yuen uh wu ping who actually directed the sequel to this um but he did the action choreography for this movie and um 
this is often considered to be one of the greatest, if not the greatest, wuxia film. It's a very spe- like specific kind of sort of like martial arts, like fantasy kind of movie. Like when you watch mm-hmm. this movie, like it threw me off for the first time when I watched it because I was expecting something a little more maybe realistic as far as the choreography goes. Mm-hmm. Um, but people are like, like for lack of a better term with my American brain, people are like Naruto jumping. <laughs> They're floating. <laughs> They're floating. They're on trees. Um, it's it's actually it's actually really amazing um, how I'm able to like still like because I resonate so strongly with the story that how much that works. But mm. it's beauti- beautifully done. I think some of the best scenes though, like um, the scene where um, Michelle Yeoh and Zhang Zi um, fight each other um, at fight like each other in the room and at like Shu Lin's place. Mm-hmm. At the, yeah where um well uh, towards like later on in the movie yeah uh where, where michelle yo has to use all those different uh <laughs> different weapons uh, uh is I, incredible i love the bit when when uh she picks up the huge thing and then she like falls back <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh no that scene yeah. is that scene is amazing i think that's probably my favorite fight scene and it should be noted um it's an incredible fight scene between two women Yes, this is true. Two incredibly talented, um, badass women. And, you know, we don't really think of, you know, we don't really think of that often whenever we're talking about, like, iconic badass women. And I think it should be in the conversation more, if I'm being honest. Um, Yeah. But that scene's incredible, um, you know, especially because it's, like, kind of a built-in, like, sort of a built-up tension between those two because... You know, obviously, when they first meet, uh, Jen idolizes Shulin and is like, you know, oh, I, w- I want to be like you. And then as time, and she even is like, you know, I consider you a sister. Don't, you know, like, let's keep in touch. And, you know, tensions build and Michelle Yeoh's character is obviously like, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta be good. <laughs> Stop stealing the sword, man. <laughs> Stop antagonizing people. And and Jen's like, I'll do what I want because I am a free person, and uh, they fight, and it's they fu- it's incredible. It's great, but it's what's also great too in that fight, and it's a great character moment where like you think Michelle Yeoh has her right, she, her you know her sword is broken because the Green Destiny is just like so indestructible, but like yeah. she's got this like a cut off sword at um <laughs> at Jen's neck. She's like, uh, give it up. She's like, why don't you just take it? And, and she's she, just like, she's just like, whoosh. It's like cuts you know, cuts her arm, and it's like, damn. She just does, like she's like, listen, if I want something, I want to take it, you know. Um, and I think that's the other thing with the fight scenes too is that they're very representative of character as well. In mm-hmm. a lot of instances, they're not just. I mean, there are some moments where you're just like, oh, this is so freaking cool. Like I love the when they're fighting uh, Jade Fox one of the first times, and uh, like. Lee Mubai has to like unparalyze the one dude. <laughs> that guy, that guy goes through so much in that movie too. He does. He go. He goes through a lot, man. Ugh. But it, I've, like that scene. I think the scene where Jen fights off all those dudes and like <laughs> the thing, like, like the like the wood collapses. <laughs> That's a great scene. Oh, that moment's fantastic i love i even just love like the first fight scene between 
uh, Jen and Shulin, just because, mm. like, it's a great introduction to, like, the the, the fighting style of this whole movie, because that's the first kind of major fight scene in the whole movie, and it's like, this is how we're starting the movie's, right. like, fight scenes off, and you're like, that's amazing. You know, like, I remember when yeah. I, f- when I first heard about this movie, because I think... It can It had a. It, it kind of had really good timing when it came out because you know the Matrix had just come out, and yeah, it's sort of like not that American audiences weren't familiar with these kinds of movies, um, but obviously within American films it was sort of different and sort of unique. Unless you know we're talking about yes. like like taking those those actors like like Jackie Chan for example, and mm-hmm. like doing something like Rush Hour. Um. Yeah, but um, no, and also I, uh, speaking of the Matrix, um, uh, when Bu- Wu Ping actually worked on the choreography for the Matrix, which obviously I, is incredibly appropriate, and you know the fight scenes in the Matrix are incredible, and also have that same sort of emotional weight that, yeah, admittedly feels like it was sort of lacking in in Reloaded and and because those felt like more like show pieces more so than. It was like special effects action demos. Yeah. Um, um, but so I think when I, cause like, I think Crouching Tiger, Hidden Drag was like the first like kind of Chinese martial arts movie that I'd ever personally heard of in my, like in my youth, because it was, it was, yeah. everybody was talking about it. I just remember everybody was like, Oh, you got to see Crouching Tiger. And like, the imagery was always like, um, uh, Chow Yun Fat, and uh what's the, uh uh Zhang, uh Zhang Z, I can't print, I'm sorry I, I can't print yeah I'm gonna have well, well I'll, I'll I, go back I apologize and post and, I wholeheartedly apologize no but like I but, know the like the, poster, that imagery right? like, when, when they're, they're on them. the yeah when they're on the, like the bamboo uh trees in oh the forest. That, yeah 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 and I was so, thinking of the poster yeah. well uh, like the, I don't like remember the poster. the poster as well explain it to me well, it's like the like the Blu-ray cover. It's like the 4K cover. Right? Oh, like, yeah, it's yeah. It's sort of like a yellow... You know, like, I remember that as a kid. And this thing had a 31-week run at the at the U.S. box office. It made over 120... It made $128 million, which I still... I think it's still, like, the highest-grossing, like, foreign-language film in the United States. Um, and it had... It earned a lot of, obviously, praise for so many things i think this thing's the mm-hmm. complete package but like it was nominated for best picture and best director for ang lee it won foreign language film um which was well, that's what the award was called at the time and it had 10 nominations at the academy awards um, a record by an uh, a foreign language film that was ne- has never been broken it's only been tied by uh, alfonso Cuaron's um roma actually um but this was a huge success. I mean, on a budget of $17 million worldwide, $213.5 million. Um, it was a big deal. Um, Deserved. Big, big deal. Deserved. Um, I'm trying to think of other things like, again, all the all that stuff we just mentioned. Um, I do like that Jade Fox isn't completely just a villain. Like, obviously, she is sort of like, for intents and purposes, like the, the bad guy, I mm-hmm. guess. But, like, she's got her own backstory where she's just like, no, like the the training place where you come from, Chow Young Fat is corrupt, and is yeah. not as good as you as you say it is. Like you know? she, she's like, listen, you know your master, like you remember that guy? Well, you know you're over here like, oh, he's my master. He's the greatest person ever. It's like, well, he doesn't let women in. A, B, 
he'd rather you know get down and funky with me and instead of training me because you know woman so mm -hmm. in in my eyes piece of shit yeah so like she's like listen you know you think you like you think so highly of this guy but he's kind of an asshole <laughs> yeah you know, so you, you, you question, like, gender roles and all that sort of stuff in the movie. There was one thing that we were talking about a bit before recording. We were messaging back and forth, because um, you were looking into this mm -hmm. um, Stockholm Syndrome. Because, <laughs> okay, so, you know, everybody has heard of Stockholm Syndrome. I think, to this at this point, most everybody has. And it is something that is used sort of as in in a lot of movies like you know obviously beauty and the beast is kind of a more knowledgeable and people kind of compare the two a lot you know mm -hmm. um and in this movie like there was a question of if that is applied to uh jen yu's character when she's with Lo, because while he doesn't necessarily kidnap her he definitely like keeps her there and then she mm -hmm. obviously garners affection towards him and they fall in love and you know like a lot of the like a, a lot of the stuff is there and we were talking about it when we were watching it and i was like would you consider the stockholm syndrome and you were saying like well some people say that you know stockholm syndrome might not even be real and i i was very curious about it. i was like i've never actually bothered to look into that you know mm -hmm. because it is it just feels like such a common knowledge thing at least for me it does because i feel like it's just something that was known. And so I was like, you know what? While Because I, I was watching it again because that first initial viewing we were doing, I think we were just like so busy with other things. <laughs> and I just really yes. I, <laughs> like, I just really wanted to pay attention to the movie because I feel like every time I've watched it, I've never really have. And so I really right. wanted I really wanted to soak in the movie. So I watched it again before we recorded. Much Probably my favorite viewing I've done so far. No offense. Uh <laughs> I was watching it again, and I got to that moment in the flashback scene, and I, I was I was starting to think about when we were when we were talking about it, and I was like, I've never really looked into it. I've never really looked it up. So I went, uh, I, you know, I googled it, you know, Stockholm syndrome, and I looked up, you know, like, is it real? Is it something that you know people think? And I found a Cleveland Clinic article about what it is, where it came from, what are the symptoms. And how it's like a coping mechanism for, you know, for survival, obviously. Um, but it's also incredibly rare. Like, yes. most people don't go through it. Um, but it is sort of like a survival technique. Like, obviously, to show affection towards your captor, to some degree, makes you feel like, okay, maybe they're less inclined to hurt me or kill me. Um, right. Some, some theorized that it was something that was learned over the course of time from like our ancestors some people think it's more of a, like an emotionally charged thing which i think makes a little bit more sense if you ask me um but it never really a answered the question of whether or not it was a real thing or if it's something that connects to one thing or another but ultimately again i'm not a doctor yeah so i don't I mean, know because because i was looking into this again and it's not um, there's the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual, which is used for, like, psychologists and um, <clears throat> psychological disorders and stuff. And it's not listed as, like, a psychological disorder. That's there interesting. There have been talks to, to maybe include it, but it's kind of ultimately one of those things where 
you probably have to have other pre-existing things to sort of be, but it's, again, it's not like an, that's, I guess that's what I meant when I say like, it wasn't like a real thing, not to say that's not real, but like, it's, it's not a specific psychological disorder that like is officially recognized, um, at least in the United States too. Like, cause again, there've been talks to add it, but as of the last time, I guess they updated this manual, which is 2013, it was not in that manual. Okay. So again, we're not like neither one of us are doctors. No, <laughs> no. It, it's it, it's definitely just one of those things that, especially in fiction, pops up time and time again. Yeah, like it seems to be like like a like something that people use as a way to crumble romantic stories. It feels like yes, you know, yeah. like again that Beauty and the Beast comparison, you know, you know, falling in love with your captor and stuff. Again. We're not doctors. Neither of us have ever been captured, so nor can we actually ex- say that we have an emotional experience with it. And anyone that has, you know, sympathize, obviously. Yeah, of um, course. So it was just, it was, but it was an interesting thing to like watch the movie, and that it feels like sort of like the core relationship uh, for what is the main character, Jen Yu, effectively. Yeah. And so it is an interesting thing to be like, is, is it, true or is it something that was a coping thing but it does like it, i think within context it does feel like true love at least i think it does i think also the way i look at it i don't i don't even think it's just a matter of them loving each other i think it's sort of um the representation of her freedom mm-hmm. because even though she's in this position where she's not she wasn't able to she wasn't able to escape or go anywhere for a bit she felt more problem might have felt more free there than she did in her you know, privileged, um, that's true status. Uh, so I think it's sort of, and that's why like, when she jumps off, she's, she's just like, Oh yeah, let's go off together. It's like, she jumps off the bridge, the thing at the end to go back to that specific, um, mm. you know, moment. Uh, and I think it's more about that moment than it is about, um, about low and her, you know, love for him. Yeah. But you know. now that makes sense. Now true love for the freedom, not so much for the person. Yeah, yeah, but um, fuck low. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna jump off this bridge. I don't need him. <laughs> um, yeah, please don't jump any off. Don't jump off any bridges, folks. No, um, don't do that, please. Um, but yeah, I mean that that is an interesting part of that conversation. Like I said, I just want to emphasize, like it is a real thing. It's just not Stockholm syndrome. Just want to emphasize yeah. it. It's just not like an officially like designated like you can't be diagnosed like you can't i guess you can't go to the doctor and be like i diagnose you with stockholm syndrome you know it's like sort of just yeah anyway it is a thing but anyway um this is an incredible movie um it it's one of those it really deserved all the accolades that it did receive and it was hugely successful and just it's a wonderful movie um and i only saw it like really for the first time like last year when i picked up like last year or two years you know I picked up the 4K and I'm like, this is amazing. I think because because I think you were really getting into those kinds of movies too. Because we talked about this with Shang Chi. You know, you, I remember you were getting into Bruce Lee, and then that kind of felt like it was the starting point. And obviously, Shang Chi came in and was like, you know, oh great, a Marvel movie I can enjoy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. and then um, obviously you know. Uh, was did you watch it before or after we watched our well did you watch it before or after our second feature that we're talking about I guess is my question 
like was this was was our second movie kind of an influence on that or did you watch it before that i watched crouching tiger before our second feature um yeah because i i think that because that was i watched crouching tiger yeah because that was like 2020 2021 Mm mm-hmm and this movie, this next one's actually a really recent movie. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I didn't know if there was like like an influence there or anything. I was just curious. No, <clears throat> just Michelle Yeoh in general. You just, know, yeah, she's great. We just she's w- we just want to see her in more things, and so any opportunity, we're it's welcome. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, for sure. Do you have any other thoughts on uh, Couching Tiger? I love the title. It is a great title, and it's very symbolic title uh for our characters um right like as well like i think of titles for so many things and obviously you know you you want a title to make sense for something but if you can make like a really cool title that like has a deeper meaning than just because like you could have just said like this movie is called like you know stolen sword or something just to like (laughs) specify (laughs) or like the green destiny you know like just an easy Mm-hmm. An easy title to explain something in the, the movie. Advent- the Adventures of Chow Young Fat. <laughs> I'd watch that though. That's just, that's oh, that's yeah, a great no. that's a great title. Um, gr- agreed, but there's no symbolic <laughs> there's meaning no behind symbolic that title. Meaning. No, it's um, just you get when you pay for it. Like thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but like just Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. It's just such a cool title. You know, like there's something to it. It makes because like you when you watch it, you're like. I, you want to learn what that means when you're watching it, mm-hmm. and so yes, like I love, yes. I just love the title too. Yeah. Um. Anyway, we're gonna take a brief interruption. Oh, we we'll come back, Joey. I forgot to What's do. I forgot to do my taxes. Will you help me? Maybe in another universe. Stay tuned. Welcome back to Two Dudes One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. And now we are moving our Michelle Yeoh episode on to a recent of hers that is grown a lot of love in our hearts. And uh, it's it's something that is just rocked our worlds and a lot of other worlds from the moment it came out. Joey, what is this movie we're talking about? This movie is um, <laughs> what a movie. Um, this is <laughs> this is uh, from the Daniels. Um, this is everything, everywhere, all at once. And for this episode, we're going to split it up. No, I'm kidding. We're not going to split it up <laughs> to three sections. We're going to talk about everything. 
that we're going to talk about everywhere. And then, surprise, we're going to talk about all at once. Yes. Uh, so this movie... Um, good, good, goodness me. Yeah. Is this the most recent movie we talked about recently? Or has was there something we did? I think this is the most recent because it came out after the Batman. Okay. I think the Batman was one of the more recent ones. Yeah. So, all right. So t- at this point, at this point in time, this is the most recent movie we've talked about on this program. Um, Do what, should we give a spoiler alert on that front? Yes, I think that'd be fair. We always spoil movies anyway on this show, but definitely for this one, spoiler alert. Though, if you've been on film Twitter probably this whole thing <laughs> has been sp- spoiled in one way or another. Um, oh yeah. This this movie um I remember when, we, when the trailer came out for this movie and I was so excited. I was excited, but I didn't think it was going to be I thought like wow, this looks awesome. I definitely want to see it. I I just was like why has no one else thought to do a Michelle Yeoh cinematic or not our multiverse movie? Mm-hmm. Like, why is no like? Because obviously that's sort of becoming a big thing with superhero movies. You know, DC's doing it, or I think I don't know what the fuck they're doing D- now. DC, DC right now is in their own multiverse of madness. <laughs> Unfortunately, their Thanos is named Zaslav. Anyway, uh, <laughs> um, and then obviously Marvel is doing uh, all their multiverse stuff. And so it's become sort of a popular topic in in blockbusters lately. But this movie, with the freedom that the Daniels have and uh, having Michelle Yeoh at the front and center, like, this movie goes crazy. And and they do it in the best possible way. Yes. Um, So the the basic, basic summary... Uh, of this of this movie uh evelyn wang played by michelle yo is our main character and she owns a laundromat um and she's about to do her taxes and it's a very nerve-wracking experience because she's tried to do so many things with her life like sing uh act like she has so many ambitions so many goals that she's wanted to achieve, but it's never really seemed to work out. No, she's never been able to mani- really manifest that um, into anything. And she also her fa- her and also part of like her family life is uh, kind of a mess. She, she her sorry, <laughs> I, <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's a, it's again. We're Joey and I are a mess right now, but we're we doing are, our best. We are a mess, um, but. She, you know, her late relationship with her family is like is a bit tense. Um, her mm. her daughter Joy, played by another returning two dudes <laughs> person, uh, is her name uh, Steph- Stephanie um, Sue? I think it's, I think Stephanie Sue. Yes, Stephanie Sue. Um, her daughter uh, Evelyn's daughter Joy, who is a lesbian, you know, and she like Becky with Becky, uh, but she's uh, stressed out Becky. about that because Evelyn's father. Um, Gong Gong, play, played by, I can't believe this is the first time we're really talking about him, the amazing, multi-talented, uh, incredible um, legend, James Hong. Like, I think every single um, adjective you just used is perfectly fitting. Um, but but he, you know, he's very much, you know, kind of stuck in his, his ways, very traditional. Uh, 
So, like, she's trying to conceal the fact that her daughter is in a uh, loving uh, lesbian relationship. And also, to top it all off, uh, we have her, uh, Evelyn's husband, Waymond. Waymond! Uh, Waymond, who is uh, described as, like, meek, goofy, but very uh, good dude, uh, played by uh, Ki-Hui Kwan, um, who's incredible. Listen, and if you don't know who that is, like, he... This is because this is the first big acting role he's had in years, right? Yes, in a very long time. Because people know him as a child actor from, you know, um, The Goonies and, of course, Goonies. a short round uh, in Temple Indiana of Doom. Jones and the Temple of Doom, where he, he's, he's great. He's a lot of fun in that movie. I love him mm-hmm. so much. I, I, I just. I, I, I love him in that movie. And I also. Because um, I watched Goonies for the first time, funny enough, um, in 2020. Oh, wow. I think. Yeah, during like the lockdown, and I I loved I loved him and I loved all the other kids together. Like Goody's a good movie, man. And he, he like I think Joey and I agree he's probably like our favorite character in I think, this movie. I, I think I think my new take now is he's like my favorite movie character. Period. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. Like he, I well we'll get to it, like, but he um you know because th- there's other stuff I want to get like finish the the plot, but like. But at th- then there's a multiversal, like, conflict going on because this being named Jobu Tubaki, what a name. Jobu Tubaki. Uh, Jobu Tubaki is, is threatening to ruin and destroy everything. Everything hangs in the balance. So, like, Michelle Yeoh is visited by an alternate universe version of, Wayme- of her husband, Wayman, <laughs> who's a complete <laughs> badass. <laughs> He's a total badass. Like, like her husband goes from like a really like you know oh he, he's like a dad like like a like a dad like okay you know he puts googly a, eyes on things googly <laughs> whatever but then it's like um this dude becomes like the biggest badass and takes like a fanny pack and beats up security guards. It's, it's gorgeous. Amazing, amazing. Um, obviously, like, like the fight scenes are a lot of fun in this movie, but also just seeing the different multiverses because Michelle Yeoh now has to tap into different versions of herself to use different skills. So, an example of this, in one, like, I think the fight scene where they're in like one of the safe rooms or whatever, uh, there's mm-hmm. like the, like the dungeon room or whatever, and she has to tap into like her singing career in another dimension. Uh, to, for like uh, increased lung capacity, she taps into a dimension where she is like a sign spinner, so she can spin around the riot shield sign. She's doing all these like wild things. Michelle Yeoh is doing all these wild things. Michelle Yeoh is just a badass in general, but like, yeah. Uh, what's great about it is like Michelle Yeoh is able to play this character who, for lack of a better word, feels just like a complete fa- like a failure, like a loser, like yeah, you know, not to like not to judge her, but like I imagine somebody would describe it like wow, your life is a complete mess. And, like, how, like, and she's, like, you're, like, she's such a great actress. Like, you're so, like, you you believe that she is scared, too. Like, that's the other thing. Because, like, like, in most situations, Michelle Yeoh is the baddest motherfucker in any room. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah. like, and, and, and then suddenly she's thrust in the situation where she's, like, ah, what is going on? <laughs> But you know what though that 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 aspect of her, according to to alternate Wayman or Raccoon Wayman, <laughs> mm-hmm. which there's context to that, yeah, um, makes her 
by far arguably the strongest uh Michelle Yeoh of all the Michelle Yeohs because she can access so many different alternate life paths because she has so many different failed attempts at things so now she's like okay um, I could tap into the singing, or I could tap into the science spinning, I could tap into martial arts, I could tap into all these different things. And what I love is how they actually do that, is they have to do something really weird. Mm-hmm. Like, um, uh, like in one instance, like, Wayman has to tap into something, so he has to, like, give himself paper cuts in between his fingers. <laughs> he eats chapstick at one point. <laughs> he eats chapstick. Um, Michelle Yeoh has to confess her love to, uh, Dietra, played by the also iconic Jamie Lee Curtis, um, who's also having an absolute ball in this movie. And she is so you, funny. She, she's so great, dude. <laughs> <laughs> you struck an IRS agent? <laughs> you have no idea what you've just done. <laughs> I love when she's, like, introducing Ch- the Jobu Tabaki, and she's like, uh, you get this meat, our sovereign leader. <laughs> Chopa <Chupachipaki. laughs> but, but Did you staple this to my head? <laughs> but also, the, with, with the multiverse, it's not just like, ooh, cool shit. It's also like thinking about all the different parts of your life that you didn't, you didn't do. Like, there's one of the most depressing things is like, is when Michelle Yeoh first taps into the multiverse, right? And it goes through her mm-hmm. whole life, and it starts with like when she's born, and James Hong's reaction to her being a girl, and he's just so <laughs> disappointed. I think doesn't the doesn't the doctor say sorry, but you have a daughter? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but any but like it's also like and you see like Waymond and Evelyn as young people, and they decide to get married, and you know, but they you also get to see the life path of what if they never did, and what if she never went with Waymond. And mm-hmm. they have very successful careers, but are they happy? And no. are the you know? And um, that's the thing. It's 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 one thing. Like this could have just been a really cool movie, where mm-hmm. it could have been like a really cool ninety minute like weird action movie, a lot of fun. But uh, what the Daniels are able to really tap in here, and the actors is just just a lot of just like it goes through a lot of things like family trauma, which feels like. Just the, the, the theme of the 2020s, honestly. Like, yeah. if there's, like, a movie theme or vibe, it's family trauma. Encanto, turning red, <laughs> this. <laughs> I was watching I was watching an old movie, Now Voyager, where Betty Davis has a terrible relationship with her mother. And her mother's just, like, a piece of garbage. And that's why Betty Davis's character has such severe issues. Um, so, so, like, I'm like, this movie could have been made in 2022. You know what's? You know, I was thinking about this. Um, I thought this was kind of funny because, like, there's that new Orphan movie that just came out. Yes, and it made me think, like, in the in like the '90s and the early 2000s, like, kid, and even earlier than that, there's a lot of like movies with kids as villains. Yeah, you know, like the Omen, uh, the Good Son, Orphan, and it's like, can we get some? Can we get some more like the parents? Are kind of <laughs> like where's the balance? Because mm. <laughs> yeah, like the only one I could th- there's probably a lot more that I'm not thinking of, but like the only one I could think of from back in the day is like Mommy Dearest. Oh, it's yeah, like yeah. no more wire hangers, like that whole thing. Oh my gosh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! But um, yeah, it's like it definitely feels like uh, millennials are getting the shot <laughs> with, a lot of, with a lot of these movies, like. 
like I remember watching like Turning Red and thinking this was clearly made by someone the same age as me, and I looked it up, and she is. <laughs> <laughs> And I have no beef because I love turning red, but I just, was, you could tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, like, this movie, I mean, and, like, the main, like, really the main, like, thrust conflict is between uh, Evelyn and Jobu Tupaki, who we find out is, is Joy. Mmm. And she's so good. She's, she, she's, like, she's, like, deliciously evil when you first, when you first meet Jobu Tupaki. And, uh, yes. Um, like, I love any time she like changes somehow mm-hmm. like how she does that like i love like it has one of my favorite like villain introductions of like any movie in recent years because she comes out through the elevator and like the cops like ma'am you can't be here and she's like is it can't or do you not want me to be here <laughs> like there's i could physically be here yeah but do you not want me here mm-hmm. and like she breaks out of the the handcuffs and she uses a gun as a bong and she yes. beats up the security guard with two giant dildos. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that makes like again that the, I love the the multiversal aspect where they have to do something weird. So there's like the dil like the um, the the trophy <laughs> the trophy butt plug thing. Yeah, the trophy butt plug. Yes, thank you. Um, <laughs> and that's uh, did you ever think? <laughs> Did you ever think you would say that on, on uh, in a mi- into a microphone? No, uh, I ne- never, never. <laughs> trophy butt plus trophy. Um, but you know, but there's a lot of a lot of stuff between between the two of them, you know, and obviously there's a lot of stuff between Evelyn and her father, where she had to internalize a lot of his like abuse, you know, you mm-hmm. know, emotional abuse, um, uh, you know, in uh, throughout. And, you know, sort of, like, continuing that, um, that generational trauma onto her daughter and trying to fig- fix that and trying to figure, you know, trying to figure that out. hmm And, like we, like we said earlier, she's, like, like, uh, Evelyn's got so much going on at one time. And we didn't mention this, too. There's also the, the new added, uh, conflict of Wayman showing her divorce pa- uh, divorce papers. Yes. Because, you know, uh, Joy feels like Evelyn is not accepting her fully. Um, Wayman feels like she's not loving him the way that she used to, maybe. Mm-hmm. And so he serves her with divorce papers, even though he clearly doesn't want to, and she doesn't no. want to. But he doesn't feel loved anymore. Right. And so it's just, again, it's just another added thing. So there's a point in the movie, because again, everything has an emotional core, which I, I think I adore to, uh, as well. Um, so like, as um, Evelyn's learning about uh, her connections to the multiverse and the different life paths and the alternate selves, um, you know, she's like, you know, when she becomes the movie star, she's like, I want to go back to being the movie star. Um, and then she sort of attempts to mess up purposefully so she can break quote unquote the clay plot the clay pot which is you know metaphor used in the in the movie and until she gets to a point where she kind of feels like Joba Tabaki and that she's like I'm gonna you know jump into this giant like black hole that looks like an everything bagel mm-hmm. and just kind of end it yeah 
Um, but she quickly learns, you know, you know, there's more to life than, you know, desires and, and, and all these different wants. Cause sometimes true happiness is just doing laundry and taxes doing. Yep. Doing it with, with the people, you know, with, with the people that are important to you. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I thought that was manifested very well between like, you know, so good um but i also like again like going back to like the different versions of people i love like the way they use uh james hong in this movie um Mm. james hong is just a legend like he's one of the few actors out there where i can say my grandmother has probably seen him in something my mom has definitely seen like my mom references seinfeld all the time and one of the most famous episodes is the chinese restaurant where he goes cut right Cartwright! <laughs> he's trying to find George in Costanza, but it's Car- he says Cartwright. Um, you know, or people watching Kung Fu Panda, or us with the cinematic um, achievement that is um, Balls of Fury. Um, yeah, he's Mul- great in Balls of Fury. Mulan, but this is a really great showcase for him. Uh, he really, like, he really is just a great movie star, and I love him in the alternate like version as as the grandfather. Because he he's just like straight up a villain. Like we no, we're gonna kill. We're, let's kill Joy so we can like get rid of another version of that Jobu Tubaki can't access. And they're like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, no, no, let's not do that. He pulls out a gun. We have to do it. Yeah, it's like that is my daughter. How do you think I feel about it? <laughs> um, it's, I also it's insane. I also want to um, mention, too, like, his career goes back, like, really far. He has over 600 television and film, like, credits. Mm-hmm. And, um, An- oh, I was going to say, another great film of his, Big Trouble in Little China. Yes, that's uh, probably, might be his, like, really, like, if you want, like, the, the like, James Hong showcase, like, go watch that. But mm-hmm. he, um, he was actually, he dubbed, you know, you know, Asian films, including the, uh, the 1956, uh, release of Godzilla King of the Monsters. This is the redubbed version of the original 1954 film. Uh, oh. he dubbed the characters of, um, of Sarah's of Dr. Sarazawa and, uh, Ogata. Um, nice. so just to, you know, just to like, and like he worked with like Groucho Marx, you know, like, oh damn. So like, this is like, and there's not many people like James Hong out there where not only are they still working, but they've been working for a very long time. Um, so just definitely a huge shout out to, um, to James Hong, um, incredible actor. Understandably so. Um, going back to, um, but yeah, I love like this, this movie looks amazing. Um, like the Daniels and their team, they really were able to stretch their budget. This movie cost $25 million, which mm-hmm. is I- insane to think about when you watch like giant superhero things today. Okay. Now people are like, Oh, you target a lot of superhero, but listen, like these, th- those things, it's, it just feels so wrong that you have something that costs that much. And because of the conditions you put your special effects artists through and the technicians and all that, it looks like a lot of like gray slop. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. And then this and he- movie, yeah. 
I would say even even just thinking about the fact that this movie even just exists because Marvel approached the Daniels to make a, a movie and they were like so like they wanted to make their own multiverse movie and that's kind of where this came about. And you know, they even had some Marvel resources by having uh the Russos as producers. Right. Mhm. Yes. So it's like they got to use Marvel resources and make whatever the fuck they wanted and they made something that is significantly better and will probably be more talked about as the years come than the majority of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if I'm being honest. And, you know, and I'm not saying every Marvel, like Marvel movies have to be as good as everything ever all at once. No. I just, I just, like, a lot of the time I don't feel like, like, they, like, they really care because they just want to keep putting out stuff. Like, there's such a, you know, such a demand that they just keep putting out things like yeah for for movies and all the tv shows um but like you look at it like it's just incredible what they're able to do with like simple techniques and it's i I feel like it's one of those movies where i'm not saying like somebody can just diy this themselves but like it shows i think you can i think it's a really encouraging movie for i think for young filmmakers to like hey listen like there's a lot you can do without having like you know, Disney money or like Warner Brothers money, um, backing your film. Um, obviously this is distributed by A24 and it's the highest grossing A24, um, film of all time. Um, yeah, which is, uh, which is pretty incredible. And I mean, it made over a hundred million dollars on its $25 million budget. You know, I, I'm always interested in the financials of that thing. So if people are like, why don't you just talk about the movie? I, I like that stuff. I think it's a, it, it it's an interesting part of the conversation. I let I let I let Joey talk about it. And I think it's also it sends a it sends a good message too out there. It's like, hey, people do want to see like d- like things that are not just the same old thing. Like this movie since its release has been trending in the top movies on Letterboxd for a while and is the highest rated movie like narrative feature on Letterboxd, which is I think it's probably just the most talked about movie still. Of because like obviously so like we're we're in the latter half of 2022 and so we're starting to get into fall movies then we're gonna get to award season and you know all the stuff that comes out during the holidays eventually but um this movie came out early in the year like March I think yeah around March um you can verify that for me or April somewhere around there let me just uh what what's going on. um it's it had yes it it, it initially released uh, march 25th march 25th all right so yeah this this came out in early march and this this movie is still like we're still like we plan to talk about this this is joey's favorite movie of the year i know that for sure yes um i like there are a lot i saw there's been a great year for movies there's been a lot of good stuff um out there mm-hmm. but i never i just think about like and you know me i'm hesitant to put like recent movies as like oh this is like my favorite thing like as like one of my favorite things and this is a great example of, like wow this is this is this is pretty incredible this is really special and every time i watch it i get something new out of it and it's always funny it's always entertaining um but you were and, saying sorry no no it's fine um but it is it is like a movie that has impacted so many people to the point because like i remember when it came out and and it was really kind of slowly building its box office revenue 
until it eventually became because everyone was like, "You have to see this movie. Go see this movie." Everyone was like, "Go see this movie." Even me, a uh, person who's afraid to go to the movie theater still, and also works at a movie theater and doesn't want to even go, I went and saw it in theaters. Yep, because I really wanted to see it, and it was like it is a lot to take in, admittedly, because um, it is everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, but the more I've watched, I think the more I've appreciated it. And I especially, I think I relate so much to Evelyn's character because there's a lot of stuff that she sort of, elu- that she sort of has that makes me think of like ADHD, which is what I deal with mm-hmm. on the regular. And so like, even just the last shot of her, like with her family and just kind of distracted. And then, uh, you know. Jamie Lee Curtis having to get her attention. She's like, uh, I'm sorry, what, what did you say? Mm-hmm. Like, I do that all the time. And I always feel like I'm doing a million things at once and I feel so overwhelmed, especially at work. You know, which I think is a pretty common thing with work in general, but it's also like, um, you know, you're being, you're trying to do this, trying to do that. Everyone's like, we need you over here. We need you over there. And there's so many times I have to like yell at people like, give me a second. Yeah. Right. And then even just, you know, I'm, you know, everything that Evelyn sort of had going on with her um, in that regard, like I, I, I saw in myself. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't feel like, I don't really feel like you, I get a lot of protagonists that have ADHD or like exude aspects of ADHD the way that I think she does. Like, I think the most that ever comes about is in like, like, so like like a Sherlock Holmes thing. Yeah. You know, like where it's like an eccentric, you know, like I'm a super genius that's also easily distracted sort of thing. And it's like, yeah, it makes sense, but it it does it, it feels like there's sort of a heightened reality to it, which is, you know, ironic to say given the nature of this movie. But with her, it feels like she's a normal person mm-hmm. um, with a lot going on. And I, I, I it feels like one of the first times I've kind of seen myself a little bit. And so, like, like on that note, I'm greatly appreciative to the Daniels and to Michelle Yeoh uh, with her performance uh, and kind of, I don't know if that was, like, an intentional representation, but that's what it felt like to me. Yeah. No, but actually, that's funny you say that um, because um, when they were researched, like, the Daniels were, like, they were going to make the ADHD more explicit in the movie at one point. And actually, like, Daniel Kwan discovered that he had undiagnosed ADHD. That's right. Um, yeah, didn't they? It wasn't that in like uh, like a thing that they posted on mm-hmm. Instagram. Yeah, I yeah, I, I remember reading that. Um. So and also too, I want to mention too. Obviously, like Asian Americans and Asian, you know, in this kind, like probably probably got a lot out of this movie. I, I listened. Um, definitely recommend listening to the film cast um, episode uh, where they talk about it, and like especially because um, Walter Shaw and uh, David Chen talk about their experiences, like you know how they didn't they interview the daniels um uh david chen did interview the daniels yeah um and uh like reading their writings and stuff and listening to the podcast i'm like wow that's really awesome that you can like see yourself and i'm glad you were able to see yourself in that character um and i think and like for me i think i was really like thinking about waymond you know because he is just such a nice guy oh yeah they're like Every per- like every encounter that he has, he's just like he's so po- like so positive. Like when he's dancing with the one dude at the, um, <laughs> at the I love that. I love like, that so much. 
I just I, I love that's so that's so wonderful. Um, and I think about like I'm just gonna I can't remember the like qu- the quote from my life, but one of my favorite lines that he says is like, "You think because I'm kind that that it means I'm naive? Maybe I am. It's strategic and necessary. This is how I fight." You know, and I think it's such a wonderful thing. Just like, because we're in a world where we just don't understand, want to understand people, or like, accept- we're instantly like afraid or judgmental of people that we don't understand, and or we latch on to old thoughts and feelings of people, like you know, old stereotypes. Like you know, I I I was thinking about this, and I hate that this is true, but I remember like when I was a kid, I would chew on like to- like my toys sometimes my mother would be like stop chewing on that you know that was made in china and you know mm-hmm. dirty fingers or whatever like that is right and i'm like and and you know i think about that in retrospect i'm like that's that's terrible that that was a way to like get a child to stop chewing on something and especially because like i have dirty fingers <laughs> you know <laughs> like what what's the correlation there right and so it's just this and it's just feel like it's really grown rampant more and more these days you know with people just and like i think i've just grown to hate the word pc because i feel like it's a way for people to to like push away like just being respectful yeah like it's like oh you know i hate this woke quote-unquote pc world and it's like it's just being nice and respectful to like someone you know like you and i love that in the movie he even says especially in times when you're sad or scared be kind and understanding yes yes because it's especially in those times when you know maybe naturally you will latch on to things that are more stereotypical or or come up with things that are unfortunately racist and you know, be like, oh, well, so-and-so is this because they're that, and it's like, that's not true. You know, you're just saying that because you don't know and you're scared. And I, I also I also feel like his it's manifested in, like, the way he treats Becky and mm-hmm. versus the way Evelyn treats Becky at first in the movie. Like, I mean, Becky even... I mean, um, Evelyn even just full-out just states that Becky's white, even though she is, uh, according to Joy, mixed race. That, but also she just, she kind of disregard like, she says, oh, it's just Joy's friend. It's just her good friend. Her good friend, you know, and, um, and just the, like, wait, like, Wayman's just such a great guy. Like, he just rolls with it, man. And yeah, he's I think, like, just call me Wayman. Just, yeah, just wait, just, you know. Just call um, me Wayman. And, uh, man, I just want, uh, I can't wait, Kwan, man. I love you so much. <laughs> I want you to, like, like, man. <laughs> like give him the Oscar, please. <laughs> Just give it to him. Like, oh my god! Like, I, I, I feel like if they don't nominate him this year, Joey would be like, "You thought the slap was bad? This is a slap to me. <laughs> this is a slap to the integrity of the human race, if there ever was any." <laughs> no, I should be kinder than that. I need, to, I need to learn from Raymond. Um, <laughs> it's okay. No, but uh, you're learning. But I, but he's also he's so good in this movie because you're able to be convinced that he is this like meek guy, and you also remember him as short round. So like when you hear him, you're like, oh my, you make that correlation. But also when he's like the alternate universe version, who's like a total badass, I believe it. Like he's like your first like line into like, oh, this is like the multiverse. Like he he helps you like sort of take in that. 
I, I was just like, I love the bit. I, I, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no, I love the bit it. when uh, when he looks at uh, Evelyn, who's like hiding before he starts fighting the guards, and he goes, "It's okay." And he winks at her. Yes, You're like I love him. Oh my gosh, he's so damn. Cool. Um, <laughs> but it's also a great like um, like Jackie Chan esque sequence because a lot of the appeal for me for Jackie Chan, especially a lot of those movies, is that when you see Jackie Chan in the movie, not saying about his real life persona, but you, when you see him in a movie, he looks like a cinnamon roll, right? He doesn't look like somebody who's he's a, like Bruce Lee looks like he's going to actively kick your ass. Like Bruce Lee, I'm pretty sure was just muscle. I don't think he had anything other than muscle and some like titanium. But I love uh, and I love Bruce Lee. But the appeal for Jackie Chan, like when you see him, like he, you see, like he's a sweet guy. But then, like he can, like when push comes to shove, he will he will kick your ass. <laughs> and that it's exemplified beautifully in that um, in that fanny pack fight sequence. But speaking of kindness, also I'm I know I'm all over the place. My favorite. It's appropriate. My favorite scene in the whole movie. It's one of my favorite fight scenes in any movie. Probably my favorite. Is when, like, Michelle Yeoh finally is like, you know what? Maybe there's something to that. Like, this idea of kindness. Yes. So, like, yes. as she's fighting off all these different people, like, she's able to, like, tap into her different selves and their selves and figure out, okay, maybe I can help this person in some way. Because everybody's, like, fighting their own thing. Like, one of my favorite bits, too, it's like a throwaway line at first in the movie where, like, that guy that Wayman was dancing with... The guy talks about, like, the perfume that his wife used to wear. And Mm -hmm. she turns the grenade into, like, a perfume bottle. And you're almost like, oh my gosh. It's, like, such a sweet thing. And, and and you know what's really cool is, like, it doesn't feel like there's any shame or any, like, anything, any... Like, the comedy is in the kindness more so than, like... Especially because, like, one of the Daniels, Daniel um, uh, Schneider, I believe. Schneider? Schneider? Yep. No, I think you're right. I think you're right. Daniel Shiner plays um, this guy who's like a fetish, a fetish guy. Yes. Like he's into like BDSM. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like you could think they're like, you know, that, you know, he could be shamed or something because he's into that. But instead to like, you know, exude the kindness towards him, like she puts the ball gag in yes. and just spikes him. <laughs> yes. And you're like, she's not judging. She's like, that's what you're into. This, this is what like, you're into. Like you love it. But I love all the different, like, the visual imagery that pops up again and again. Like, the black hole as the everything bagel, also signifying, the like, the way the googly eyes are. And, like, all like, all of that is just so breathtaking. Uh, mm-hmm. I have to mention, I would, I'd be remiss if I didn't mention this, Raccoonie. I mean... <laughs> Which, again, there's the context. Raccoon Wayman. Raccoon yes. Joy. Rakakuni, uh, which is just like like um, Michelle Yeoh you know, trying to figure out the, the figure out Ratatouille. Like, <laughs> like, do you mean Ratatouille? No, Rakakuni. Uh, and uh, the voice of Rakakuni is Randy, Randy Newman. Newman. <laughs> I love that puppet so. If I could get like a plush of that, like puppet, <laughs> put it in the man cave, I would. Oh my god! No, if, when, next time we're in Animal Kingdom, find a raccoon. Because you know raccoon. there's some, there's some, you know there's one, so, there's got to be one somewhere. It's got to be one. A rocket, I'll just get a rocket raccoon plush and just call it Raccoonie. <laughs> just put it on your head. Yeah. But, but it's also crazy too, if you ever like pause any of like, there's like moments where it's like, it's going through like zillions of different Michelle Yeohs. One of my mm-hmm. favorite ones is like, there's a green alien one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
There's one where oh she's, like a, she's like a dude, you know, so she's got like a beard. And there's like, I'm like, wow, does all of this, all of this work that they, that they, the Daniels and their team uh, did to, mm-hmm. to put something on screen that only flashes for like, like a tenth, like a very small part of a second, like a frame, like literally a frame, you know, and you're just like, wow, that's something else. This so much about this movie that you know, you know, it's. I think again, like I was saying, like over time, the more I've watched it, the more I've genuinely like fallen in love with it because it does do so much and it does have a lot to say. Like, like we were when we were watching, it, we were talking about um, like scenes that kind of broke us like emotionally a little bit. Like you were talking about, um, was it? the kindness scene mm-hmm. like before the big fight that um i think for me it's the scene at the end when um joy and evelyn are like having their final confrontation mm-hmm. and joy's like you gotta let me go and um evelyn's like okay but listen you know i have a lot of problems you have a lot of problems and it's all messed up and maybe it is best that we should separate, but we don't. We don't because we love each other. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I wouldn't want anybody else. And I remember like every 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 single time I've watched this movie, in the, in the one time in theaters, um, when I got it on 4K initially, that scene is always the scene that gets me. Mm-hmm. Because it, it really feels like a, a real emotional moment, and uh, like a moment of acceptance on so many levels. And I even love the bit when uh, James Hong sees Becky, and he's like, "Girlfriend, ah. <laughs> you're like, there's hope, <laughs> there's hope," and and like he's holding her hand, and then of course, oh. I love the bit when at the end uh, she tells Becky to get a haircut. Yes, that's nice. <laughs> that's the as you wish of this movie. Get a haircut. Get a haircut. You're um, fat. Get a haircut. Yeah. <laughs> but speaking of that scene, I think one of my favorite things is like, you know, do you still want to do the party? And Michelle Yeoh's like, we can do whatever Ever we, we want. want. And, mm. and, and I love like the, the nothing matters because it's such a nihilistic phrase at first. But then it's just like, the glass, the glass has full. Is like nothing matters, you know. Um, Just this. But this movie, like our first movie, I think is like a complete package movie. It's got just about everything that it could ever want in a single movie, which is why, like, I would imagine at some point, Crouching Tiger is going to be in my letterbox for because and this movie Easy. and yeah. like everything everywhere is currently in my letterbox for because like you got like great characters. Amaze, amazing! Like it looks beautiful. This movie looks gorgeous, and like the fight scenes are amazing, right? Great action. Oh yeah, I like like the romance of 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 Evelyn and um and Waymond. Um, it's about it's just got a lot in it, and then like in a in a sort of different sense, but very much in an, like in some similar ilk. It's a like Crouching Tiger's complete package movie, and to top it all off, they both got Michelle Yao, who is not only a badass. And and she could kick everyone's butt, but also she's a damn great actor. Incredible! Like the like, I I agree with everything you just said. Um, no, like Michelle Yeoh, without a doubt, is one of the best, if not the best, in the world. Like she's 
Um, she's got so many, you know, tools in her arsenal. Like, obviously, you know, she's more known for her just badass, like, just everything. And just, you know, the Kung Fu fights, obviously, with Crouching Tiger. And, like, even in interviews, like, she was talking about, like, one of the reasons she loved the experience of making everything everywhere all at once is because it felt like, for the, for many, in many reasons, the first time it felt like she really got to do things that she always wanted to do or she always thought she could do. And no one ever really offered her those roles, you know, like of someone who's vulnerable, like even just the scene and everything everywhere where Wayman has to like, you know, pick her up. And she's like, I'm just going to lay here. <laughs> and then she just picks her up and she's like, what are you doing? Put me down. <laughs> she's so good. She's so she's so great in this movie. <laughs> uh, or even like when she like taps into the hot dog fingers and she's like, <laughs> her hands are just floppy. She's like, <laughs> but I also love the, the hot dog universe makes sense, too, because she's able to be like. Oh, this is what a like because it's like a lesbian like she has a relationship with the IRS agent <laughs> in another universe. It's like yeah, we have hot dogs for fingers, but our feet work really well. Uh, oh, you know what's also great? I know I keep going on in this movie. The rock scene. I can't believe we didn't we didn't mention uh, the rock scene. Listen, the rock scene is special. It's like it's all it is. It's just two rocks with text in the sky. It's literally one shot for the most of the most of the time with two cuts with the mm-hmm. rocks, but uh, who'd have thought you'd get so much emotion from rocks? From <laughs> from rocks, that more I've gotten more emotion from those rocks from the as opposed to the rock. Listen, and the rock, the rock. Listen, we we I enjoy the like rock the rock in things. Uh, <laughs> maybe the rock just needs googly eyes. Oh my god! Can someone put googly eyes on the rock's head? Just- <laughs> <laughs> like, listen, in Black Adam, if if Hawkman or Doctor Fate don't put googly eyes on Black Adam's head, that movie failed for me. Um, Richard, <laughs> fun fact: Did you know who who was originally in mind for the main character of this movie? Mm-mm. Jackie Chan. Uh huh. But they decided to go in a different. Obviously, they went with a different a different direction. And I'm mm-hmm. as much as I enjoy Jackie Chan movies, and Jackie Chan is an on screen presence. I think they, they made the made, right call. They absolutely made the right call. Like sometimes, yeah. like the best things that happen are like weird, happy little accidents, or like things that you're like, okay, you know what? Maybe after thinking about it, we'll, we'll go this route. But um, yeah, wow. Michelle Michelle Yeoh, like I think she's definitely one of those actors that anytime I see her name in the credits like i'm interested yeah you know like i don't care what it is like she's so good and i i need more of her work in my life so i think i think i really need to 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 dive deep into her filmography at some point but as of now like i'm i'm fully appreciative of everything she's done in all the movies i've seen i've not seen her do a bad performance I've like she, even if she's in a bad movie, I haven't seen it yet. But if she is, I'm sure I'll love her in those. Mm-hmm. Right. Like it's just it's it's one of those things where it's like it's just so hard to not love her and what she what she brings to the screen. And you know, even just in like 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 whenever we watched Crouching Tiger, I was like, 
Michelle Yeoh's on screen. Shut up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I know you're trying to tell me something, and I apologize, but shut up. Michelle Yeoh's on screen. <laughs> yes. Um, folks, um, what's your favorite Michelle Yeoh movie? What's your favorite thing that Richard and I missed talking about in our conversation <laughs> for everything everywhere? Because I know there's things. What's there's, your there's definitely there's definitely things for sure. Uh, I think we are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We each have Letterbox, YouTube channel, and all that, all that jazz. Um, that's gonna wrap it up for this week's episode of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Check us out in the multiverse, maybe this universe <laughs> next time. Have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Balls of Fury.